Welcome back, Mighty Vandals, to Tubs of the Club, the Idaho Vandals affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I am your host, Dallas Hammer, joined today by your other host, Brian Marceau. Mostly good to be here, dudes. Uh, not trying to step on the lead, Dallas, but it's been a while since we've had a, a post game that feels like this tonally, so might as well get it going. Yeah, throwing it back to the Paul Petrino, Rob Akey days of just absolutely getting shithoused in the Dome. Or so, basketball. But that's not in the Dome anymore, thank God. And also, I don't want to talk about basketball because I don't want to talk about a coach that continues to throw players under the bus. Like, hey, dude, you recruited these guys. If you said the team last year sucked and the team before that sucked, maybe at some point it becomes the person in charge and not the players. <laughs> Anyways, that's not what we're talking about. Let's also, go. Also I today. I don't want to talk basketball, Dallas, but let me talk basketball for 45 seconds. I'm kidding. Obviously, go to uh, the producer. Sorry. Producer. I just, I, as somebody who I'm, for anybody that doesn't know me and know what I do for a living, I manage a team of about 25 people. And if I come out and say one of those 25 people is really awful and needs to go, hey, you know what? That, I'm probably correct. But if year after year I keep saying, hey, all of these people suck and they're the problem, not me, eventually it comes back to me. So with that said, we have our producer seducer back in the house after he took Tuesday off for, for a much needed vacation. It's Martin Heemstra. Hello. <laughs> Great start, Dallas. Yeah, uh, you know what? I just I'm already in a bad mood, and I don't want to talk about Vandal basketball because I think the guy in charge is a fucking dipshit. But, anyways, we're hitting around the bar. Brought to us by Hughes River Expedition. We're just gonna get right into it, guys. Uh, not not a good day in Moscow today. Uh, Idaho lost to UC Davis forty four to twenty six in a game that felt a whole lot farther apart than that. Uh, the Aggies led from start to finish, uh, jumped out to a fourteen nothing lead. Compiled 213 rushing yards in the first half on their way to a 37, 31-7 lead at halftime. Uh, Vandals did wake up a bit coming out for the second half. Two Hayden, Hatton, Hay, ooh, two Hayden Hatton touchdowns, sandwiching an Aggie three and out, which cut the lead down to 31-19. The Vandal defense did hold UC Davis at bay a little bit better in the second half, but the offense just couldn't find the rhythm needed to, to overcome the, the big deficit that came at the end of the first half. Uh, Aggie running back Ulonzo Gilliam Jr. finished his day with 137, excuse me, 173 rushing yards. It's late, guys. 173 rushing yards and three touchdowns, and Idaho squanders its best chance to lock in a playoff spot. So before we get into what's probably going to be the meat and bones of the, this discussion, I'm going to kick it to you first, Martin. Did anything go well today? Uh, the only thing that went well to me, and I know this is a football postgame show, but the new marching band uniforms looked really nice. And I heard about them for a while, but they looked way nicer than they looked way nicer to me. God damn it, Martin. I absolutely love that. Love that. So, okay. Hey, what went well in my mind? Look, dude, they're... honestly, we're probably going to talk about everything that went well also in the things that did not go well component. But uh, once again, Hayden Hatton at least had himself a game. 13 catches, 126 yards, two touchdowns, ties the all-time touchdown receptions record at University of Idaho with 14. There is no prayer that he does not break that record at Idaho State next week. Uh, also, Hayden Hatton was missed on a couple throws, so that, that stat line he has, that looks pretty damn pretty damn impressive already, and god damn it, Martin. <laughs> um, uh, 
could have been like Lolo Talimu Jones level explosive. He had he just had a couple better passes thrown his way. So uh, Hayden Hatton continues to shred Big Sky defenses. There's no way the dude's not first team all Big Sky. And uh, Jermaine Jackson also had an incredible game. Uh, only six catches, so less than half of Hatton's uh, output there. But he did have 118 yards. Had a 54 yarder that at one point felt like it was maybe the turning point of the game, and then promptly went sack, sack, chuck into triple coverage fourth down that went nowhere the game was over at that point so for me what went well today uh, Hatton and Jackson got their numbers they looked great Jordan Dwyer came back and looked pretty good uh had a couple moments where he looked pretty good had a couple awful drops too but again true freshman coming back for the first time in what two months can't can't beat him up too much for that so gentlemen let's just get right into the shit here what didn't go well today Martin I'm just going to go out and just say the one thing that did not go well was the rushing, the rush defense was just fucking horrendous. They tackling was terrible when they, when they got close It just Gilliam just seemed to bounce off anybody. It just seemed like 2013, 2014 Vandal defense. And it just was not fun to see. Yeah. I want to piggyback on that because you, you look, Yulonzo Gilliam, probably the second best running back in the league. Idaho seen both top two running backs in the league, Cameron Scadaboo from Sacramento State, now Yulonzo Gilliam from UC Davis. Uh, both of them shredded Idaho in different ways. Scadaboo just runs right through you. Gilliam's a little bit more shifty, makes people miss uh, running through the middle. It, actually, it's kind of impressive how Gilliam makes people miss while running through the middle. Of course, Martin was right. The holes were gigantic for Gilliam to cut through. Yeah, Idaho had no answer whatsoever for Davis on the ground, but realistically, Idaho defensively had no answer for UC Davis in any facet of the game. Uh, Davis quarterback, Miles Hastings only had 19 attempts because Martin's right. that Idaho just could not control Davis on the ground, but Hastings goes 16 of 19 for 206 yards. Didn't throw any touchdowns because Davis just punched them in on the ground the whole time. But Miles Hastings didn't look like he missed a single pass. Uh, he was just, he was accurate the entire game. He took what was given him and he, uh, let's just say didn't have a ton of pressure on him either. So, you know, good setup for him to do that. But the, the basic point being Idaho defensively, they've been strong a lot of the time this year, Dallas and Davis look, Davis looked like they were a step ahead of Idaho in every facet today. I would completely agree with that. I'm not going to sit here and be the th third person to harp on the defense. Cause I think everybody that can see that Idaho gave up 44 points. That was obviously a problem. I will point out, now, this is partially due to just the way that the game ended up. UC Davis had 456 total yards. They only had 165 yards in the third and fourth quarter. Idaho's defense played considerably better in the second half, but it, it didn't really matter when you you spot them 31 points in the first half. For me, the what went wrong today, I thought the offense look, looked absolutely putrid. I know that they put up 26 points. I know that if you look at the box score, McCoy's numbers are pretty good. The running game didn't look terrible, but honestly, the offense was disjointed and a complete disaster the entire game. Uh, Connor Whitney had two catches for, I believe, 14 total yards. Realistically, if McCoy is seeing how open he was on the sideline just about every other play, Connor Whitney should have had 100 yards today. That should have been every, it just felt, felt like just about every first down. He had an eight yard out that he was just standing on the sideline wide open 
but McCoy's on the other side of the field. I don't know how the if that's the play design or what, but when you see Whitney wide open on the side of the field, more times than I could count as Idaho is continually behind the sticks and continually looking at long third downs or trying to convert on fourth down, that was, to me, that was the problem. Yes, the defense obviously was a problem in the first half. They did iron it out a little bit in the second. Idaho's offense just could not figure out anything to do with UC Davis. It felt like McCoy was just watching Hatton and Jackson the entire time. If they're covered, run. And it just, it did not feel to me like, like Idaho's offense was ready to play this week. Uh, well, and look, to, to jump on that point too, man, um, Idaho has tried to be a run first team this season. Idaho couldn't run today whatsoever, rushed. Uh, 118 rushing yards on 32 attempts. So yeah, sure. There were a couple yards lost on some consecutive sacks, which kind of goes back to your point. McCoy had a few redshirt freshman moments today, which he hasn't had a ton this year, but uh, this was a big game for Idaho. And look, you're, you're not wrong. Uh, look, Idaho outgained Davis on the day, but watching the game, it certainly did not feel that way. Largely. Cause like I said, look, you spot a team 20 some points in the first half. You have to play perfect, plus they have to make mistakes if you're going to come back. Absolutely. Uh, so, guys, let's move forward. Player of the game on offense, I have a feeling we, we're we all going to nominate the same person. But, Martin, I'll kick it to you, your offensive player of the game today. If I'm, I'm going to be stat watch here, I'm just going to take the obvious and go ahead and add and having another good game tying the – Is it? did he tie or break the receiving record for Idaho? I thought he tied it at 14. Okay. Yeah, mine's Hayden Hatton. No, no disagreement there. I'm gonna gonna say Hayden Hatton too. Uh, Jermaine Jackson did look. Jermaine Jackson looked pretty damn good today. The Hayden Hatton and Jermaine Jackson honestly might be the two best receivers in the Big Sky. But Hayden Hatton again put on a clinic. So I'm with you, Martin. Uh, he's just Hatton's just been a touchdown machine, especially the second half of the season. Really hope the dude's able to break the record uh, next week. Yeah, that's that's three for three for Hatton here. I, I don't see how you could name anybody else. I know that McCoy threw for two touchdowns, ran for two, didn't have any turnovers, but again, kind of empty stats when the game was so far out of reach that the, it you needed a, a miracle and a prayer to get there. Uh, couldn't really name any of the running backs. I know uh, just not a whole lot of carries to go around. Uh, I mean, they're 32 total carries, but McCoy had 10 of them. Uh, just not, not a whole bunch of output from the running backs today it's got to be Hatton for me uh Martin can you even name a player of the game for the defense I I'm not even gonna look at one that just I don't think there should be one I I don't really have I don't really have a ton of pushback because I mean there's no uh, I mean I, I can tell you who I don't think it should be uh which is usually not the focus of the show uh, but look, just Idaho, I mean, Dallas, you hit on it talking about the offensive struggles for portions of this game, for sure, for meaningful portions of this game. Um, but defensively, man, uh, this was, this was just the worst showing we've had for Idaho. So I don't know. Like, I mean, Paul Moala blew up a couple plays. So I'll go with Paul Moala because he had, he blew up a couple plays, what felt like on his own, but this was, um, this was the kind of game that, like, hey, maybe this means Rob Orch stays another year. Oh, this absolutely is the is the if if you're looking for the sunshine and rainbows or silver lining to this awful blowout loss, 
that's absolutely the the thing here. This team is not disciplined enough for me to be concerned that the coordinators are going to be leaving after one year. Two or three years in when I think some of this discipline will get cleaned up just as the program steps farther and farther away from the disaster it's been the last three decades. Idaho, again, eight penalties for 90 yards, three different personal fouls. Just dumb, boneheaded things going on. Uh, Idaho breaks off a huge play from Jordan Dwyer. Uh, I don't remember who it was who got the unsportsmanlike, but uh, unsportsmanlike immediately after take off 15 of the 34 that he pulls off. Yeah, the penalties were timely. Sorry, not trying to cut you off too, but like the penalties, not only were they a big deal for yardage, but they just took place at times when if you're trying to come back, like you can't screw this stuff up. And Idaho mm-hmm. did. Uh, false starts on third and one. Like it just so many different things of Idaho shooting themselves in the foot. I, I, again, if you're if you're really trying to find that silver lining here, you'd rather get a really bad game out of the again. Idaho hadn't played a really bad game of just four quarters of shit this entire season that happened today you want that to happen now rather than two weeks from now if you get into the playoffs so very small silver lining there but martin i'm gonna go back to you because i don't i don't have a player of the game on defense i'd nominate anybody that didn't take a stupid penalty which unfortunately there's less of them than than i would would have hoped how are we feeling right now guys Uh, this is this was the worst loss that we've seen in the Eck era. Hopefully it will be the worst loss of the Eck era. This felt to me a lot like teams of Idaho past. Uh, the dome was dead. There was no energy. The fan base was obviously shell-shocked, expecting, well, this is just going to get out of hand very quick, and, and unfortunately it kind of did. How are we feeling about this? I... It might be me going back to my sunshine and rainbows, old ways of years past, but it. I'm still looking at the big picture of the season and everything that happened in the past. I'm still looking at things in a positive way. I mean, I don't disagree with that, but to stay more narrow, look, the, the attendance in the Dome was not terrible. The figures have not been published. But look, the number is going to be lower than it was the week before against Eastern, but it was certainly better than Drake. So look, we're still broadly on an upward trajectory. So Idaho, hey, good news there. But Dallas was right. Uh, man, that Idaho just didn't come out in the first half. I mean, look, the, the first quarter itself was rough, was rough, but Idaho only trailed 14-7. But the 17-0 that Davis put on us in the second quarter, I mean, that game is over at that point. Um, to me, part of why this feels a little, maybe more deflating than it should be, is one, this is the first time Idaho's had a overall rough game where we didn't, Idaho didn't recover, but uh, this is kind of like this. It, honestly, it's not like Sacramento state game where early on Idaho just was not ready for Sacramento state. Sacramento state brought Idaho back in with some dumb turnovers. Davis did not do that. Uh, so Davis closed that out. But the other is we'll, pro- we'll get to this later talking implications. Idaho, Idaho had the ability to, close the door on the discussion of playoffs today. Uh, an Idaho win here. They're obviously going to beat Idaho state unless, you know, an atomic bomb goes off somewhere near Pocatello, but Idaho didn't. And this is kind of the first game the entire season where it felt like Idaho didn't really step up in some sort of way, even in previous losses, like to WSU and Indiana. Yeah, there are losses, but Idaho played very well, even in losing to Sacramento state. Yeah. They look ugly through three quarters, but Idaho put it together, put a reasonable run on the table to close it out. That didn't happen today. Just uh, 
look, Davis was just better. And it's an FCS team. It's a team that all three of us picked Idaho to win last week. All three of us had felt like, look, Davis is not terrible, but Davis has beaten no one. Well, hey, Davis has beaten someone. And it was a pretty, it was a thorough win. There really was, honestly, man, after the first quarter, to me, it didn't even feel like the game was ever in doubt. Don't, I mean, ignore the score, ignore the box score. That's how it felt watching the game in person. Oh, it felt like that after the first drive to me. Uh, so for anybody that wasn't uh, wasn't able to see the first drive, because if you were still getting into the, the dome, if you like to show up a couple minutes late because you maximize your tailgating experience, you missed the moment of this game. UC Davis went four plays, 75 yards to start the, the game. And from that moment, I knew in my gut, this game is over. There is no chance Idaho is going to win this game. And uh, offense immediately goes out, looks like shit. Defense comes back out there, allows a 12-play, 82-yard drive. It's 14-0, and at that point, I mean, it, it was never it was never in doubt from that point on. I know Idaho scored to make it 14-7, and at one point it was 31-19, but the feeling in the Dome was just, well, they're better than us. They're better coached than us at the moment. They outplayed Idaho in all three phases of the game. And it honestly, this is what's so deflating about this, Brian, you, you alluded to it, but I'm going to double down on it. UC Davis came into this game five and four. They absolutely had to beat Idaho and Sac State to even be thinking about the playoffs because their five wins were against like, four of the worst teams in the FCS, it feels like. They're not. There's definitely teams that UNC, Cal Poly, and ISU could beat outside of the, the big sky. But those are three of their five wins. Then they had San Diego, NAU. Again, neither of those programs are terribly awe-inspiring. You look at this and you say, okay, you beat UC Davis. You beat a fringe playoff team. You have locked in your seventh win. You are a shoe-in for the playoffs because you're going to go down and you're going to beat Idaho State. Easy enough. You are, at worst, you are the fourth best team in the big sky and you're going to get a spot. Now, Idaho has to. Idaho has a legitimate chance here at being the sixth team in the big sky. Five teams could get into the playoffs above Idaho from this conference, and that's that's not what you want. Because again, you win this game, you are set. You are locked in. You are the fourth best team in this conference. You are going to make the playoffs no matter what. And now here we are. We have to sit and hope and pray that Sac State beats UC Davis. Probably hope that Montana State beats Montana just so that Montana doesn't have a chance to say, hey, yeah, I, I obviously Idaho beat us head-to-head, but we beat Montana State. That's a better win. Right now, the fate that was in Idaho's hand has slipped through its fingers, and we're now waiting for other teams. Our fate is in the hands of other teams, and that's the worst place to be. Again, going to win more games than we lose this season, so that's that's great. But it's really disheartening when you see this was the chance to clinch a playoff game, and now we have to wait for other teams and other teams have our fate in their hands. Yeah, this is also the first time this year, Dallas, that um, Idaho's had a game where it felt like we, for the most part, as the season's worn on, Idaho looking good for and look, Idaho's looked very good this season. There's a reason why once we get to Tuesday's preview. We're, no one's concerned about Idaho State because Idaho is still a good, even though we Idaho lost this game, they're still a good football team. But week in and week out, Idaho seemed like by showing something else or making developmental steps, they were showing us there's more potential for this team than maybe you realize. This to me was the first week where in my mind, there were probably some doors shut. Because look, if Idaho keeps rolling into the playoffs, getting to eight wins on uh, 
you know, a relatively long winning streak with our only recent loss being Sacramento State. You can at least talk yourself into the idea of an, an eight-win Idaho team is probably one of the best eight-win teams the playoffs has seen for a long time. Uh, which is that's look a seven win Idaho team is still going to be a very good team, but uh, the loss today shut the door on a chance at a, co- a share of the conference championship. That's over. Uh, but it also felt like this is the second FCS team that's been able to run all over us. And I other also offensive line uh, wasn't able to, we weren't able, Idaho was not able to run at all today. This was not the first time in FCS play where the offensive line has not been able to open up holes for the ground game. We've seen more instances of the offensive line struggles, uh, giving McCoy enough time to pass, but um, being able to stop the run defensively and honestly being able to open up enough holes for the team to run. um, Look, those, those are probably what you call the limiting factors right now for if Idaho makes it to the playoffs, uh, what's going to be the reason why Idaho you know, eventually loses whenever, whenever Idaho does in the playoffs. Because again, again, this is Idaho still a very good team. This is a team that a lot of people, if Idaho makes playoffs, this is a team a lot, a lot of schools do not want to play again. I actually expect UC Davis wouldn't want to play Idaho again. But uh, the, you, I mean, there just were some things that were deflating today in ways that other games haven't been. This is really the first loss where the takeaway isn't look Idaho lost, but they showed us these different ways they're strong. This was. Yeah, this is what it feels like to get out class, guys, because uh, that's what happened this this week. Yeah, and something uh, you know, Tom Kendall's mentioned it in the uh, the YouTube comments. Super George one 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 has also mentioned it. Our our Patreon uh, Discord was exploding about it. Idaho got dominated in the trenches, and that's that's a microcosm of what we were afraid was going to happen when we spoke about the season preview and can the offensive line depth hang up and hold on for an entire year. I don't know if UC Davis just has an incredible front seven that we just weren't prepared for, but Idaho got no real push in the run game. McCoy was under pressure a fair amount. And then the unfortunate thing on the other hand is Idaho's front seven did nothing against UC Davis's offensive line. Uh, You hope that this is all a one-off, but Idaho was thoroughly dominated and thoroughly outmatched at the line of scrimmage. And that, I mean, I'm sure Eck would tell you himself, the line of scrimmage is where you win the football game. And unfortunately, Idaho's bigs just just didn't have it today. I don't know if that was a scheme issue, if it was a effort issue, if it was a UC Davis is just that much better issue. But that was very disheartening and very terrifying uh, to see how the bullies of the big sky got absolutely pushed around uh, by, by UC Davis. What this actually made me think of Dallas while watching this game is look, UC Davis is not as strong defensively as Montana, but Davis is a good offensive team as we saw today. And watching this, watching this game, when Miles Hastings passed, like most of his passes were down the middle, intermediate passes, dudes were completely wide open. This reminded me of being at the Montana game, sitting around Montana fans who are being pissed, wondering like why in God's name are, is Montana not hitting the middle? Uh, Davis is the kind of team they're well coached there. Dan Hawkins, look, a lot of guys hate Dan Hawkins in the Idaho world because they should, because Dan Hawkins has this tendency to always win when it seems to play Idaho, but no one's going to accuse Hawkins of being a bad coach. No one's going to accuse Hawkins of not knowing what he's doing. Um, that middle was open whenever Davis needed, you know, third and whatever. 
that that was going to be open. Never mind. Davis had some like third and fifteens where just handoff to Gilliam was enough. Um, as we're saying that, man, I hadn't even looked up because I was at the game. Hadn't even looked up third down stats. Yeah, Davis is six of eleven on third downs, one of one on fourth down. Uh, six of eleven on third down. That as you're experiencing experiencing it live. Oh man, it felt like they were eight and nine on third down. Obviously that's not what happened, but Davis punted one time the entire game. Didn't punt at all in the first half, punted once in the second half. Every other possession was a touchdown or field goal. Uh, Idaho also couldn't force any turnovers. So yeah, three incompletions for miles Hastings and one punt. That was the negatives of their, excuse me. And Hastings had negative one rushing yard. Those were the negatives of the U the UC Davis team Which today. The the negative one rushing yard, just in case people are curious, he tripped. Davis yeah. was Hastings was not sacked. He he had enough time in the pocket. I mean, gotta hit this for the defensive stuff. Hastings had enough time in the pocket that not only was he able to go through his reads, he probably could have written a few research papers and still made made the right pass. Cause just no one for Idaho was getting any sort of pressure on him whatsoever and he was still finding guys pretty dang open right across the middle most of the time yeah it it was honestly hastings was doing exactly what i i expect the Eck offense to look like when he's got all of his players here not nothing against mccoy nothing against uh again all of the guys that have been here before but as Eck shapes this team into what i think he wants it to be my assumption is he probably wants the offense to look a lot like it did yes today with UC Davis. The Hastings did not have to go win the game with his arm. All he had to do was make the right read. And if he made the right read, they hit the guy that's open in the middle of the field, take eight yards, boom, you're into second and two. Or that happened on second and five, easy first down. It, yeah, we've got uh, an expert here, Treeb Talks, jumping in. If anybody doesn't know, uh, Please check out the Lewiston Tribune. You can get all of Treeb's writing. UC Davis ran Idaho's offense better than Idaho has all season. And honestly, that's exactly what it felt like, guys. Uh, I know that you know maybe Idaho's not going to commit to a bell cow back like Alonzo Gilly. Maybe Anthony Woods ends up being that guy. Maybe it's a, a by committee thing. But that's exactly what it felt like. They were running the ball. Everything was focused on just running the football. Pass it when you have to. Just find the open guy, get it to the open guy. Don't do the flashy things. They didn't have any passing touchdowns. They had five running touchdowns. Like it was Idaho's offense to perfection. And we'll see what if Idaho's offense ends up looking like that. But that that performance is what I'm expecting to see out of X offense in year three, year four, where it's just you run the ball down their throat. You can't stop it. Quarterback, all he has to do is find the open receiver and you're putting up 45 points a game. You punt once. You have four inco- or three incompletions and realistically play an almost perfect game on offense. Yeah, Davis rushed 50 times, 48 if you subtract Hastings to 19 passes. That's pretty – not exactly the Idaho split we've seen a lot of times, but for most of Idaho's wins, you're seeing a pr- pretty clear uh, increased focus on rushing, using the rush to set up the pass, which is definitely what Davis did. Now, of course, Idaho couldn't do that because – that's a great that focus works when it's a close game or your team's leading. Obviously, look, Idaho changed what they're doing offensively for two reasons. One, just on the ground, Idaho couldn't run against Davis. The end that they couldn't. Uh, McCoy did 
McCoy did have some very, still have some very nice looking passes. He absolutely had stretches where McCoy looked like he is one of the better quarterbacks, at least the way he's used. He's one of the better quarterbacks in the big sky. Uh, but McCoy also looked early. He missed, he missed a big pass early um, where he overshot Hayden Hatton. Hatton had, Hatton had beat the cornerback. There was no one, no safety who was going to stop Hatton if the pass got there. And McCoy just missed him. Uh, Idaho's down 7 0 at that point. That honestly, that's one of the game. That was one of the single plays where if Idaho's able to strike strike back immediately, it just feels like uh, the emotional roller coaster that is a game, which that part does matter. Uh, feels like that seesaws back to Idaho and maybe we have a different ball game, but uh, pass was missed. Um, Dallas, you also alluded earlier, McCoy. McCoy had a couple moments where, look, he was true. Maybe these were like the redshirt freshman mistakes we knew we were going to see at some point. McCoy took back-to-back sacks in the third quarter that when there were dudes open across the middle, but McCoy was try- looked like he was trying to buy some time to hit a couple home runs, get the lead all back, or you know, make the comeback in one entire play or something like that, and uh, definitely killed the drive, set Idaho, Idaho up for a third and twenty-six or sorry, fourth and 26, which uh, is the discord reference for hashtag only tubs. Not quite that manageable. So I don't know, man, it's not trying to go in circles, man. It's just, there's a lot of stuff for Idaho that just didn't work the way we were, we're used to seeing. And like some of the flaws we saw today, Dallas, were there were the, the things that if we went, if you look at we, when we recorded our preseason, our preview, and you and I both picked about five-ish wins for Idaho. Some of the things that we were concerned about in the preview that we haven't seen all year, they were here against Davis. And not not trying to be melodramatic, guys. UC Davis is a good football team. If you're going to lose games, which Idaho has lost a few, Idaho has no bad losses. Davis is clearly talent-wise a playoff caliber team. But, uh, you know, we head into next week. Yeah absolutely needing that win on Idaho state now. Thank God. Someone Dallas, knows. you're muted. Oh, Man, I'm again, I'm trying to get better about not. And I was muted too. When I was trying to tell you, you were muted, man. Again, amateur, amateur hour Dallas. strikes just all over this place, guys. Anyways, what I was saying, if you are looking for a great, all-inclusive, week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Hughes River Expeditions has been Vandal-owned and operated since 1976 and are ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the Middle Fork of the Salmon, the main Salmon River of No Return, the Salmon River Canyons, or the Selway. Check out special trips to, like one to see the Persed Meteor Shower. Camp on pristine beaches, run amazing white water, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, and fish some of the most remote stretches of river in the entire country. Just bring your clothes and let HRE handle the rest. Grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the Gem State. Call now at 800-262-1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. God damn, guys. I am just a whew. I am struggling today. We're just going to, you know, we're at the half hour mark, guys, and this is usually where we start wrapping things up. Martin. Final thoughts about this game and what it means for Idaho. Look, the season's not lost. I think most people before the season would take this. Um, 
I will say I am sorry, my voodoo magic for picking UNC over NAU might have fucked Idaho this week. I I I take full responsibility for it, not the defense this game. I I truly am. I want to apologize to all Vandal fans for this. Uh, Dallas, Brian, your final thoughts. That means me. So I'm I'm upset about this game. You can't listen to you cannot listen to the show and not tell that we're all a little bit deflated. Idaho loses one home game on the year. It sucks that it's the last one just because that's the send-off. Idaho still is not out of playoff contention. Um, UC Davis is a good team, and good teams are going to beat other good teams. That, that's just, just reality. Uh, I think this was maybe more a reality check for us of where Idaho is, which is still – still Idaho's a good football team. Idaho's a team that can win a playoff game if Idaho makes it. Uh, but there's certainly areas that if Idaho's going to get to that South Dakota State, North Dakota State, that type of loss or Sacramento state. Now if that, that kind of level um, you saw, there's still room for growth. Uh, there's still some areas that this team over the next you know couple of years is just going to have, is going to get better as Eck continues to bring in different recruits. So look, I'm disappointed about the outcome, but look, this, this is the end of our home season. This was the most fun home stretch of Idaho games I've experienced maybe in my entire life, guys. Uh, and, you know, ending this way is disappointing, but things are turned around. Even with a deflating loss like this, attendance is moving up. Word is getting out that Idaho's a good team. As fans, we we have to, and Idaho fans, look, on our show, Dallas, we've talked before in basketball, you talk basketball today. Uh, we've talked, you know, back in the last year, showing a lot of frustration. We know as fans, look, Things don't have to be perfect. They're not going to be perfect. There's a lot going well in Idaho football. So, like, I'm deflated today, but it's just because we found out, look, there's some we, – we got to see in person in Moscow there are teams that are better than Idaho right now. Uh, Idaho's still better than a lot of teams. So that's that's how I'm going to close this out, guys. It's uh, Losing sucks. It is always going to suck. But the, tune in next week and fingers crossed for the playoffs, guys, because if this team gets to the playoffs, it's very – uh, I know that I will be. I will get my ass to Moscow for a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, we're obviously pretty doom and gloom right now. Uh, that's why we do these instant reaction shows right after the game to get a little bit of that emotion into these of like what we're feeling as the game happened or close to when the game happened. So yes, it really stinks right now that Idaho got boat raced by Dan Hawkins, who has never lost to Idaho, and fuck Dan Hawkins, by the way. Um, I'm sure he's a lovely person, but you have tormented me for years. You've tormented this fan base for years. Just retire, please. Um, take your kid with you. Um, with that said, that again, Idaho put together the worst performance they've had. Offensive line looked terrible. McCoy wasn't great. The defense was really awful for an, at least an entire half and bits and pieces of the third and the fourth. If you came to me in January and said, Idaho's going to, in the first year post Paul Petrino and post the, the whole nine years of, you know, there's one blip on the radar there other than nine years of just mediocrity. If you came to me and told me, you're going to get the little Brown Stein back, you're going to win more games than you lose, and you're going to go into the final weekend of the season at Idaho State, and you if you win this game, you're in a coin flip for the playoffs, just depending on how other things land, you're, you've got a pretty good shot at making it. I would have taken that 
10 times out of 10 wouldn't have been anything more than thrilled with that. It hurts right now because we've seen the potential and seen how quickly these, this rebuild has turned things around. And yes, we're all doom and gloom at the moment, especially uh, Patty Froke's mentioning it. Only Tubbs was brutal. Yes, our Discord chats were, it was pretty awful today. It was doom and gloom everywhere in there. That's completely fine. But at the end of the day, guys, this is still a better season than we've had in a long time. This deserves to go up there. I know there's not a bowl game at the end of the road, but if Idaho makes the playoffs, this should absolutely go alongside the 2009 team and the 2016 team as the most celebrated teams this fucking millennia because this was a good team. This is a good team. This program is moving in the right direction. Come Tuesday, I'm sure we're all going to be talking about let's go blow Idaho State out by 75 and convince the, the committee that this team absolutely deserves to be in the playoffs. I still think they do. It just thinks that they didn't they didn't take care of business today, and now you've got to hope everything falls your way in the final weekend. I guess one more thing I do want to let hit before we we close the show, and it's only because the team decided to make it a big deal, is this game had some added value. Um, the team honored Colin Sather with 82 on their helmet. Uh, Connor Whitney, who went to West Valley High School, Colin Sather, Sather um, he wore 82. That was Colin's number. Colin passed away. Uh, was that 2018, 2019 from cancer? What, which 2019. Seemed, yeah, 2019, uh, early 2019, which came as far as news coverage. I mean, no one had any idea. And say there wasn't really playing. Of course, he had cancer. But uh, that came out of nowhere in 2019. Obviously, the seniors who've stayed around, uh, this was a big deal for to honor say there have the 82 on the helmets. It would have been a kind of storybook closing of the home season to keep Idaho in contention for potentially a big sky championship, shut the door on the playoff question while getting a win on the day they choose to honor Colin Sather. And um, yeah, it just, it it just didn't happen, which, you know, that's going to mean a lot to the players. You know, it means a lot to coaches, you know, God help Idaho state next week uh, when Idaho gets to rebound. Down in Pocatello, Pocatello, just almost your your thing, Dallas Pocatello. But um, look, I just want to bring it up, bring it up because the team not only did it with their uniforms, you know, social media stuff. They made sure the the accounts made sure that everyone knew this is some something that was going to happen. Um, you really wish that when a, a dude who passed away, uh, that's obviously a pretty a a terrible story. If you're a person who has kids, it's the worst thing that can happen is have your kids pass away early uh passing away from a condition where like there's the kid did nothing wrong he genetics genetics beat him that, that's it there, there's nothing to do about that uh it's about the worst thing that can happen it's cool that the team um has kept this dude in their minds this long and you wish they could have closed closed it out with a w the day that they chose to honor him but it's over it, it's just over that's it yeah. Thank you for bringing that up, Brian. That, that it was a very good point to, to just remember that there are things bigger than football, guys. There's a, a family out there that's still grieving that lost a, a kid just after he turned 19 from, I believe it was renal cancer, uh, which is about the worst thing you could possibly have, especially as you're 18. Um, so with all the doom and gloom here, not to end this on a sad note, but it, it was very cool to to honor the Sather family that way they they brought the family out for uh for senior day connor whitney obviously wearing uh sather's number came out and hugged everybody again having gone to 
West Valley with him, I'm sure, very close with that family and probably one of Sather's best friends. I, I, I believe, actually, I read that in the Spokesman article years and years and years ago. Um, it, it's it, it's a bum deal that they, they didn't get the win on, on Colin Sather Day, but uh, it's still very cool to honor him. Uh, and again, guys, I, I know that this has been doom and gloom in just about everything here, but come Tuesday, we'll be back to normal, back to hating the men's basketball program in its current iteration. And back to thinking, hey, holy shit, let's do this. Let's get some playoffs in here. Maybe, maybe we'll all be in the dome come Thanksgiving. You know, they're gonna be an interesting time. There's probably not gonna be a whole lot of students, but uh I can promise all three of us are gonna be there. I'm making this promise without even having talked to Martin about it. Can promise all three of us will be there if we get a home playoff game. So just cross your fingers, cross your eyes, cross your toes. Uh do anything you you can to bring this team a little bit of luck because unfortunately the cards are not all in idaho's hand gonna have to rely on some other teams to do some certain things so with that said probably the best thing you could do dallas is join hashtag only tubs at uh, patreon.com backslash tubs the club guys uh heard that's a that is something that has been helping this team the university of Idaho football team a ton so if you want to add some karma points, patreon.com backslash tubs of the club. And as Tom Kendall saying, beat ISU first. That is absolutely goal number one. You can't go down there and lose to Idaho State because then the season actually is over. But if you go out there and you beat the absolute piss out of them, maybe, just maybe, some other things are going to fall this way and we're going to keep talking about football more than just one more week. With that said, we are well past the time. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. I-D-A-H-O! I know, I know! Go, go, go! This is, this is producer Brian doing a terrible job of even finding what we're going to play us out with. So I'm just going, we're just going to call it good. See you guys Tuesday.